Hey, Momo, how many drivers do we have in today's race? Eh, uh, 23, sir. What? We need 24 drivers! You know what to do. Ah, uh, you know. Uh, send in the field filler. Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist with your host, Vanilla Wafers, on the Field Filler Podcast. We just had our first race back from this long break during the pandemic at Darlington Speedway. And you know... And you know, the race was good, but unfortunately, there was quite a few predictions that I made that did not come true. I said John Hunter Nemechek was going to be the top rookie. I was wrong on that. He was the second best. Still got a top 10, so he did do really good. As far as the Joe Gibbs camp, they really did not show up during that race. I said Kyle Busch was going to be the one leading the charge, and that was almost the exact opposite of what happened. I got Kevin Harvick right, and Chase Elliott was sort of right, but not really. I mean, he was a top 10 running guy, but he wasn't going to be contending for the win. But Chevy did really show that they can keep up with the Fords, and Toyota, for some reason, they seemed like they lagged back a little bit. I don't know. That was just me. Denny Hamlin did really good, but other than that, uh, Martin Trex Jr. also did good, but he had damage. So we'll see how the 500K goes, but overall, I think I got one prediction right that Kevin Harvick was going to be the best guy for the Ford camp and he was so that's one point for me uh one point out of four that's still a failing grade but I'll take it you know what first time back I will take it so let's get into it let's get into the final results for the first race back at Darlington We had 40 cars enter the first race back from this long break, and all 40 was able to qualify because the field can only be 40 cars, so nobody was going to be going home. And they didn't even do qualifying. They actually had it set up for wherever their rankings were in the points, and then they did a random draw from there. So that's how they do that. But let's get into the final results. We're going to go from first to worst, starting off with the winner of today's race. The first win of the season, his 50th in his career, leading 159 laps, was Kevin Harvick, driver of the number four Bush Light, hashtag your face here Ford. I took a picture, by the way, so hopefully I'm on that car in the coming weeks. Let's just hope for that. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We don't want to see that mug shot, except me. I'm the only one. But he was the winner of the race. He was a clear dominant guy. Finishing second was the number 88 of Alex Bowman in the ChevyGoods.com machine. He was definitely one of the top Henrik Motorsports cars. Henrik Motorsports did good, except for the other top two runners. They did not finish well due to tire problems or lap traffic. But Alex Bowman finished second. Finishing third was the number one of Kurt Busch in the Monster Energy machine, followed by Chase Elliott in the number nine, finishing fourth. Rounding out the top five was the number 11 of Denny Hamlin, the top running Toyota. Finishing 6th was the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Finishing 7th, the top rookie was the number 8 of Tyler Reddick for Richard Childress. Finishing 8th was the number 20 of Eric Jones. Finishing 9th, another rookie, the number 38 of John Hunter Nemechek. And rounding out the top 10, his return since 2008, Matt Kenseth in the number 42 machine is able to finish in the top 10. Finishing 11th was the number 3 of Austin Dillon. Good run for Richard Childress, actually. Finishing 12th was the number 10 of Eric Amarola. 13th, we have the number 2 of Brad Keselowski. 14th, the number 21 of Matt DiBandetto. Finishing 15th on his return is the number 6 of Ryan Newman. 
Finishing right behind him in the 16th spot is the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing 17th, we have the number 14 of Clint Boyer. Finishing 18th is the number 22 of Joey Logano. 19th, we have the number 13 of Ty Dillon. And rounding up the top 20, who will be starting on the pole for Wednesday's race, is the number 37 of Ryan Priest. Finishing 21st, we have the number 43 of Bubba Wallace, 22nd another rookie, number 41 of Cole Custer. Finishing 23rd was the number 34 of Michael McDowell, 24th in the number 95 machine is Christopher Bell. 25th in the number 96 is Daniel Suarez, he was the highest running open charter car. Finishing 26th was the number 18 of Kyle Busch, good prediction on me there. Finishing 27th is the number 15 of Brandon Poole. Finishing 28th is the number 27 of J.J. Yaley. Finishing 29th was the number 77 of Reed Sorensen. And rounding out the top 30 is the number 51 of Joey Gage. We go down to drivers who got into accidents or were just out of the race. Starting off with the 31 machine of Corey LaJoy, finishing four laps down. Then we have the number 17 of Chris Buescher in 32nd. He finished six laps down. Seven laps down, we have the number 33, or excuse me, finishing 33rd was the number 66 of Timmy Hill. Finishing 34th was the number 7 of Tommy Baldwin Motorsports, Josh Balicki. Finishing 35th was my boy William Byron. I uh, got that flat tire, and unfortunately he finished uh, 17 laps down, it looks like. Finishing 36th was the double zero of Quinn Hoff. Finishing 37th was the number 53 of Garrett Smithley. Finishing 38th was Jimmy Johnson in the number 48. And I'm sad on this one because he was the leader when he got taken out. Finishing 39th was the number 78 of BJ McLeod. And riding at the field of 40 is the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., where he finished 293 laps down. And that will conclude your race results as congratulations to Kevin Harvick. He punches his ticket into the chase as well as having um, William Byron and Brad Keselowski also get playoff points if they do make it into the chase. So overall, it was Kevin Harvick who was the top man. He gets the victory. Let's see how he does next week as he will be starting in the 20th position on Wednesday's race. Now, as far as the racing goes, it didn't really seem like there was too much strategies. It's either you took four tires if you went into pit road, or you just were hung out to dry. So not many people took that strategy. And it seemed like there was nobody that was really like coming from the back as far as being the most dominant force to come by the end of the race. I mean, it looks like, like Kevin Harvick was running in the top five the whole time. Alex Bowman was running in the top three. The only one that maybe could have been kind of a shocker there near the end could have been John Hunter Nemechek. But even then, he was running outside the top 10, and he finished in the top 10. So it basically, you kind of knew which ones were going to be contending for the win. The only ones that were kind of left out of this, and it's kind of, and it was kind of a shame because they were actually doing fairly well, was Jimmy Johnson in the number 48 and William Byron in the number 24. They finished outside the top 30, and it was because they got into accidents. But one was running in the first position, and the other one was running in the fourth spot. So that was a big bummer. And another one that we could also throw in there was... The number 95 or Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell was moving up the charts and then he got sideways going down the front straightaway. Caused that damage and ever since then he wasn't able to recover. So I wouldn't count him out for Wednesday's race. I still think that they will be still contenders. They will be backup cars, I'm pretty sure. So I don't think they're going to be winning the race, but they're definitely going to bounce back from this race. And Kevin Harvick's still going to be the force to be reckoned with, uh, as well as Alex Bowman. Uh, maybe if I had to throw a third guy in there, it would probably be Denny Hamlin. I feel like Denny Hamlin is definitely going to be the leading rusher for the Toyota group. Uh, Martin Trex Jr. did do good, but at the same time, he was struggling a lot with his race car. It was either it was really good or it was complete garbage. So I don't know if I can trust that one too much. As far as another Ford goes, I'm going to have to say maybe Brad Keselowski 
because his partners really didn't do anything. I didn't see Joey Logano or um, Ryan Bl- Blaney really show that they were a force to be reckoned with. So those are my picks for the next week's race. And I'm going to go over the people who did absolutely horrible in this race. And they're going to get some bum points as we look into this week's bums in NASCAR. <laughs> Sounds like a DC movie from the mid-2010s, but let's get into it. Let's start off with the biggest elephant in the room, and that is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. This guy has to get bum points, no matter which way you look at it, because the dude completed zero laps. He got taken out on lap one, and he his car burst into flames going into turn three and four. The last time someone has not completed a lap, I think, was Brian Vickers back in 2013. This is absolute bum territory. I don't care if it was his fault or not. I don't even like Ricky Stenhouse, so this is why I had to make sure that he was the first one that I talked about. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. on the exit of turn number two got taken out by a driver who's never even ran at Darlington International Speedway. Why he started in that position, I have no idea why, but he was the biggest loser in that, rammed right into the infield wall, and that was the end of his day. Uh, He is credited with uh, running zero laps, and he will get one pitiful point and he will just get marked with an accident. So it can only go up from here in the Wednesday race. So hopefully you can do a little better, Ricky, but you were definitely gaining some bum points after that pitiful finish. You know, speaking of that scrub who decided to start in that position, let's talk about him right now. The double zero machine of Quinn Hoff. So before the race started, Mike Joy made an interesting note that Quinn Hoff has never turned one lap at Darlington at all. This track is known as the track that's too tough to tame. Too tough to tame. So let let me see if I got this right. Let's see. A rookie who's never raced here. Check. A low-budgeted team with mediocre equipment. Check. Pulls the magic horseshoe out of their ass so they can get a relatively decent qualifying spot for how shitty they have ran this season. Check. And what do we get? We get an immediate accident in the first lap that takes out a driver. You had the option to start near the back, son. There was a competition caution. You weren't going to gain anything from this, but you were just like, oh, you know, I'm never going to get a good starting spot like this again. This is a great opportunity. Yeah, it was a great opportunity to be on the bums list. Gosh, Quinn Hoff, you got to do better, my friend. You've scored 12 points in the last five races. 12 points. That's like finishing 38, 37, 38, 38, 38. It, you got to pick it up, bud. Next driver, I hate to include this guy, but I have to, and that is Jimmy Johnson, the number 48. Um, it's been a very, very long time since we've had a leader take themselves out in a race, and that's exactly what Jimmy Johnson did. I think the last time was uh, 2012 with Mark Martin. Mark Martin was leading the race at Chicagoland, I do believe it was, and he got loose behind lap traffic, spun out, and almost got impaled by the pit road entrance. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, unfortunately, it was coming to the checkered green and white checkered flat, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's a stage race win. And he decided that he needed to pass Chris Buescher on the back straightaway. And he gunned it at the worst possible time, hit his front end, and he caved in his front, and he was out of the race. I mean, 
it was such a heartbreaker. He even uh, admitted that it was 100% his fault. And, I mean, you can't blame Chris Buescher for that. I know he's driving the number 17 car. Nobody seems to like the number 17 car because they're notorious for causing every single accident. But, believe it or not, it wasn't his fault. You know why? Because it wasn't Ricky Stenhouse. <laughs> but, it, it's a real bummer. Uh, I, but... Since it's been seven years since a leader has taken himself out, I think the only other time was maybe Joey Logano and Morgan Shepard, but even then that wasn't his fault. This was more of a self-inflicted one. So that's why Jimmy Johnson unfortunately gets some bum points in today's race. Round of applause for these bums. These are some excellent high-quality bums, and they deserve some bum points. Now, I know I don't have as many bums as they usually do. It was just iRacing. A lot of people sucked at driving on that simulator. They are actually a little bit more respectable now that their lives are in danger. But we do have an ultimate bum. Who was worse than a barber screwing up your haircut after you waited three months to get it? Who was worse than protesters arguing that they have a right to show their face whenever they please because they don't want to wear a mask? We have ourselves a winner. And your winner in this week's ultimate bum that is sponsored by the crap that my girlfriend's dog made right behind me while I'm recording this is... Blue Emu for having their sign get ripped apart in the middle of the racetrack when they could have just sponsored Bubba Wallace instead. Yeah, this is kind of hilarious. Remember a couple of weeks ago when Bubba Wallace raids quit and said it on Twitter and then Blue Emu decided to be a hell of a savage and then have their owner just run around their house saying, I ain't paying him a cent. They couldn't even keep their freaking sign on the wall. It started falling apart and started landing on cars. It was a freaking joke. I, I haven't ever seen that from a sponsor. Uh, I think the last time someone came close to that was Tropicana when the orange came down onto the racetrack during one of the qualifying sessions. You gotta go watch it. It's somewhere on YouTube. It's just a big ass ball in the middle of the racetrack just rolling down the track. It is great. But Blue Emu, I mean, my goodness, to be the first ever sponsor that can't even have their stickers stay on the wall, that's ultimate bum territory. Should have stayed with Bubba Wallace, but your bed is made and you must live in it. Welcome to the ultimate bum list. And that will conclude our bum segment. Now, we're going to be going to Darlington once again on Wednesday. It's going to be a 500k race which means it's only going to be about 300 miles, a little bit shorter, but they're trying to make up the schedule. That's going to be on Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern. Now, this is a points race, so you don't want to miss it. And I'm going to do my best to make sure I can watch the full race because now I'm actually going to be able to go back to work since they're starting to lift up some of the phases. So I'm back to being a decent member of society and not a complete bum just mooching off the government. Woohoo! I'm still going to try to mooch off the government. But that will conclude today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the best and now trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on in, and I'm going to collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>